A house is made of wood and stone, but only love can make a home. Welcome to the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, helping you make your home into one you'll love even more. On News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. Well, good morning, everybody. Happy Saturday, Haley. Happy Saturday. Happy Saturday, Dan. Well, it's been a bit of a week for me. I learned some new things about the children that I didn't expect to learn. I, I, I was a very involved parent when they were littler. Well, I'm still yeah. very involved. Ask them. I'm probably too involved. This could go a lot of directions right now. I'm curious. Uh, Which way I'm going to go? Yeah. Well, like, I guess. Is this like a new thing that you're learning? Yes. As in it's, like it's, it's happened. It's a new thing that I've learned. I've learned about something that happened in the past. Okay. And there are all kinds of little stories. Blah, blah, blah. I was walking with the kids this week. And they all start reminiscing. I don't know what we saw, but something reminded them of something. And Caleb says to Andrew as we're walking, oh, that reminds me. Remember when I hit you with the golf ball in the backyard? And Andrew laughs and says, oh, yeah, that hurt like crazy. And I said, what are you talking about? Because I was an involved parent. I was always watching. (laughs) I was so worried about them getting hurt. You know, I was that guy. I had to dial it back. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. To some extent, that was my natural tendency. Mm -hmm. So I had to dial it back. And somehow all of this is happening under my nose. And I didn't even realize it. They told me the story that Caleb is out on the yard. Andrew's running around back and forth on our postage stamp sized yard in Zealand. Tiny little backyard surrounded by other houses. Andrew's zipping back and forth. Caleb's got a driver, a golf club driver, and a golf ball, and he's just swinging. And he takes a swing at this golf ball in my backyard, a driver, houses with windows all around him. What is he thinking? I want to sit him down and yell at him all over (laughs) for something that happened 15 years ago. But anyway, he hits this ball on a line and catches Andrew as he's zipping across the yard right in the head. Knocks him flat over, tears, I'm sure a great big lump. Yeah, he probably had a concussion. Where was I? (laughs) Where was I? I asked them. They said, we didn't know. We knew you weren't out here, so we figured we could do this. It doesn't take very long, I guess. My goodness. You know, 10 minutes, you've got a golf club and a ball, and you're hitting someone in the head. Yeah. If you're parents and you think you have smart children, you don't. You don't. You just don't. Think again. I'm I'm sorry. They're all going to do boneheaded (laughs) things, and you're going to be surprised what kind of stuff they're pulling off. So that's what I learned this week. And I'm wondering how many other stories like that are under the surface. Well, it's good that, you know, it was a long time ago. It's not like fresh things that you're learning that they've done as a teenager. Well, that's true. Like those could be way worse. Well, I'm hoping that <laughs> I'm hoping that 10 years from now, I'm not finding about those things. Yes. So let's that's just how that works, I guess. Them being dumb as children. <laughs> they anyway. know you can't do anything if it's 10 years down the road. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's <that's>, expired. <laughs> yeah, the statute of exactly, limitations. limitations has run out. Anyway, what do we got on the show today, Haley? We're talking to Andy Yates from Andy Yates Design. Very excited about that. He's going to be talking about budgeting for projects, which is a very smart conversation to have. This is probably the most important conversation to have. Right. And we'll also be talking about your new best friend. Yes, Lomi. Yeah, you keep Lomi in the basement. We're going to tell you all about Lomi (laughs) at the end of the show. But right now, let's get to a great question that we received from a listener 
And I think it will apply to a lot of people out there, especially as the weather's starting to get a little better and we're starting to think about outdoor projects. Yeah, we've actually gotten this question a couple of times now, so I think it's very relevant. Yeah, and we haven't addressed it on the radio yet. So the question is this, what paint should I be using for my new cedar columns on my front porch? The columns are unpainted, they're unstained, so basically bare wood, they're rough sawn cedar, and I'd like to paint them white. What product should I be using? And that's from Dean. So Dean and everybody else out there in a similar situation, there are a couple of routes that you could go here. And the first thing we should probably do is just talk about a solid color stain because not everybody realizes that a solid color stain actually will look pretty much like a paint. Right. And we're talking about rough sawn cedar right now. So usually in that situation, you've got someone that potentially wants to appreciate the texture of the wood, right? Mm -hmm. That's kind of like the big selling point of a rough sawn cedar is you've got all of that texture and a stain is going to allow that to be highlighted still, but you can still make it look white, right? right? That's kind of the beauty of a solid color stain. Right. They're thinner on the surface. It's going to build a little thinner. Paints will build heavier and cover up some of that texture. So if you want to see that texture, solid color stain is a way to go. And we'd recommend for this situation, if that's what you chose to do, you'd go with an oil-based solid color stain. Repcolite makes Woodmaster, and that's a great product. You can get it solid color white, look white. You put that on, let that weather for a couple of weeks, maybe a month, depending on the weather. Sure. And then you can top coat that with a water-based stain. Woodmaster, again, we've got a water-based version of that. And yes, you can put the water-based stain over top of the oil-based stain, no problem. And that system will work really well. The nice thing about stains is, as we said, they're not going to build as heavily on the surface. And so there's less likelihood of peeling and chipping and all of that. It'll generally just fade out as it gets older. Yeah. And I think because it's not as heavy of a coat, too, it's a little bit more breathable. The wood isn't going to push out that stain like it's going to push the paint off eventually. Right. And because of that, that makes recoating a stain way easy. You really just need to make sure that surface is clean, that there's no mold or mildew. There shouldn't be a lot of peeling or anything like that to deal with. Just make sure it's clean, no mold or mildew, and you can put another coat on. That's the The big plus there. The downside is you'll probably be doing that more often than if you had paint on there because the stain's going to wear out a little quicker. So let's go to paint as the other option. If you wanted to do that, you would basically take a situation just like we described, rough sawn cedar, prime it with a good oil-based primer. Repcolite's number 65 primer. That's an exciting name. (laughs) Yeah, it's a great name. No, it's an old, old primer, but yeah, it, it really does its job really well. It's a great exterior primer, 65 primer, and then you can top coat with any good acrylic water-based paint. Repcolite's Endura is a great option. Benjamin Moore has a few options as well, whether it's the Ben exterior, Regal exterior, or the Aura exterior. Any of those are water-based and will work great outside. Now, the paint is going to build heavier. So it's going to cover up some of that texture that we talked about at the beginning. You're going to start to bury that a little bit. And that's a negative potentially for some people. The positive that you gain from that is there's so much more product on the surface that it wears and looks good for much longer than a stain is going to. And you can get it in various finishes, which will help you deal with dirt and all kinds of buildup over the years. 
Exactly. It's going to wash away a lot easier rather than a flat finish with a stain. More of that dirt and, you know, pollen is going to stick to the surface with a paint. Usually you're going to have a higher sheen on there. And at that point, it's going to clean a little easier and look nice longer. And like you said, it's a thicker coat. So its life is just going to be dramatically increased. I think for this situation that the customer is describing, the primer and paint choice is probably the best way to go. But if you're wondering, you know, whatever you're working on, if you're not sure which way you want to go, just take some pictures, swing out to any Recolite or Port City Paints, show us what you've got, and we'll make some recommendations and get you on the right track. Definitely. All right, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we'll be talking with Andy Yates from Andy Yates Design about budgeting. Stay tuned. Helping you turn your house into your dream home. This is the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, presented by Benjamin Moore on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. And we're back, and Haley and I are in the studio with Andy Yates from Andy Yates Design. Andy, thanks for being here. Hey, thanks, Stan, Haley, for having me. Yeah, we couldn't get enough. We talked to you (laughs) a while back and got you back because we want to talk about something that we have never talked about on the show. But before we jump into that, I do want you to quickly just introduce your company to anybody out there who's not familiar. Andy Yates Design, residential, commercial, what do you all do? Yes, all of the above. So Andy Yates Design is a full-service interior design firm. I'm based here in West Michigan, Grand Rapids, and Saugatuck. I work on commercial and residential interiors, as well as uh, consulting for architectural exteriors and other design projects, too. I've worked on branding, event design, home staging, a little bit of everything. All right. I like to stay busy, so I have a, my hands in a lot of pies. And I've been doing this for, I'm entering my 15th year mm-hmm. now as a design professional. 15 years. We're going to tap into all of those years to get answers for a question that's crazy important to me, mm-hmm. because it revolves around budgeting. <laughs> which, in my mind, revolves around saving money or something, or at least having the money to do what I want to do. And what we want to talk about, because we've never talked about it, we've talked about budgeting for other things, you know, purchases and whatnots. We've never talked about budgeting for a whole project. Right. And Andy, you pitched this idea. I thought it was great. And you came and you said, you've got a bunch of points, you've got sub points. I'm going to let you run with it. How do we budget? For a project, what are, what are the things we need to be thinking about? First, the budget conversation is probably the most important conversation to have with your design team. And I'll use the phrase designer or design team interchangeably to mean sure. your architect, if you're hiring one, your designer, which everyone always should for any home project, and your builder or GC. I use the phrase builder, general contractor. It basically means the same person. It's going to execute that work physically for you. Okay, so hold on. We want to get to what you want to say. You made a claim that everybody should hire an interior designer. Make the argument real quickly for the people out there. Because you're not just making a joke. No, I'm not. No. Um, I believe that there is a misconception that Design and decorating is easy enough that you can do it yourself and you don't need the guidance of a professional to achieve optimal results. What I've discovered in my many years Mm -hmm. of professional 
work is that that is rarely, if ever, the case. And not hiring a designer, especially at the beginning of a project, has always led to increased cost, mistakes, missed opportunities. I've personally never had a client at the end of a project espouse any opinion other than extreme happiness. They loved (laughs) where we landed because from the beginning, I was really privileged enough to be present at the beginning of many of those projects, especially early in my career in Chicago. And that is the ideal situation because designers set the tone, the Mm -hmm. narrative, the structure, and they then direct every part of that process from beginning to end. Even if it's a small one-room renovation, it's so important to hire a professional at the beginning. And I say designer, again, it could be hiring an architect, uh, hiring an independent designer to partner with that architect, or even a firm that has designers on staff. If you're comfortable, you really have to do your research first and foremost. You have to research designers, architects, builders, figure out what you want to do and find people who do that and do it well. Then check their references, talk to the people with whom they've worked closely. And then once you've assembled that team, you're good to go. And this is maybe extrapolated to a very large scale project, mostly maybe large renovations or new construction. Sure. But honestly, even if you just want to repaint a few rooms in your home and maybe do decorating, it's so imperative to have somebody just give you a plan, a blueprint that you can follow at whatever level you can afford. There are designers who have, you know, two hour consultation packages. Right. They'll come to your home, They'll select everything for you, they'll write it down and give you a plan, and then you can run with it and execute it. It's kind of as much help as you need, but there's a budget at every level. Like you said, Dan, I do believe that there's an idea in the ether that design is a luxury service. Mm -hmm, Definitely. And it definitely is, but there are also luxury bespoke automobiles, and then there are very affordable cars at a price point that someone needs to get from A to B. It isn't that design only exists in the realm of luxury. There are tiers. There is furniture sold at Target, and there is bespoke (laughs) furniture sold at designer-only showrooms. Yeah. You know, I would say a chair is a chair is a chair, but obviously there are several factors that go into quality, cost, construction, time. That's the same with design. I love the idea that consulting a designer, and and like you mentioned, whether that's a professional, an an architect, or a build, you know, whoever, whoever that is, but talking to that person saves you mistakes, saves you money, and reduces a lot of the stress that you might feel because they can help you land on a path. Well, I think it's getting expert advice, right? It's anything that we do in our homes. If we can get an expert involved, we're going to have good advice and we're going to save money by not making the mistakes ourselves. Right. So with all of that said, I had cut you off from where you were trying to go. And that was how we're supposed to budget. And the first thing you wanted to talk about is that we need to have that conversation with our team. So I'm going to get you back on track because I took you off. Run with it. Oh, it's fine. Absolutely. So when you have decided what you want and need based on research, 
conversations with the right people and professionals. Let's say you land on your design team and you're ready to go. Um, the first step in establishing and sticking to a budget is to have a detailed plan, right? And that is integrated in hiring the right professionals. So I always like to have the conversations with clients up front about what is your budget. Mm-hmm. Please give me your real budget. <laughs> what is your actual ceiling? And let's work backward from there. It's subtractive in nature. So then we need to allocate on the low end, three to seven percent for interiors. I like to cushion that realistically by saying, well, let's give 10% of that budget to your interiors. Full stop. Now, everything left is what you have to spend on construction. Um, land, if you have to buy a lot, your infrastructure, right? Mm-hmm. Th- there are so many factors that seem to be placed first in the client's mind, but you have to really budget for what you're building, what you're designing. And that includes having schedules, having actual selections. I think it's crucial to select your finishes at a minimum, but all of your plumbing fixtures. We use the term FF&E in the industry, which means furniture, fixtures, and equipment. So I would say, recently I was designing a home that was budgeted to come in at a million dollars in cost, but there was no budget really for flooring over $5 a square foot, Hmm. which is achievable, but at a certain level of home in a certain neighborhood, those kind of finishes are going to feel very out of place. And it's contextual, right? Mm -hmm. So at the caliber where we were, we had to go back and revisit. That budget didn't include the $100,000 appliance package. It didn't include the $25,000 in lighting, which is not cans, but sconces, chandeliers, pendants, the really important decorative lighting, there were a lot of factors in that builder's budget that weren't applied to this particular project. So you have to sort of work backwards into it. And that's where I like to start with clients. You have your vision, you have your narrative. Now let's look at the actual products you're selecting. Yeah, break it all down. Because there's an actual price point on there. It's not like, oh, well, we want a chandelier in the dining room. Mm-hmm. What chandelier? Yeah, what does that mean? How large does it need to be? <laughs> What's the appropriate scale? What's the aesthetic? okay, is it $800? Is it $8,000? Yeah. And you can really start to work with real numbers. Money is incredibly important in these projects. It can also ruin everything. Mm -hmm. If you're not really honest and communicative about budgets from the beginning and throughout the process. So that's the sort of step one, right? Have the conversation, create your detailed plan. All right. So if that's step one, I'm going to have to put pause on Andy for one minute. No, actually, I don't know how long the, the commercials are going to play. They're probably going to be so good that it's only going to feel like a minute. But if everybody can wait for that, what feels like a minute, we'll get back to Andy on the other side of the break. If, Andy, you can stay with us. Absolutely. I right. have several He's more for this. <laughs> points. I've budgeted my time awesome. for the next seven points in this eight-point tips. All right. We're going to get to those other seven points in just a minute. Stick around. If you want to take your DIY skills up a rung, the Repco Light Home Improvement Show is here to give you a boost on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. 
And we're back, and we are in the studio with Andy Yates from Andy Yates Design talking about how to budget for a project. And Andy's got eight points, and in the last 11 minutes, we got through the first one. So, well, it was also like <laughs> the exposition. It was a very important yeah. uh, prologue. Exactly. It was your fault. Dan. It was my fault. Right. So, we've been chugging uh, energy drinks, and we're going to fly. Through the, the through the other seven, right? I'm going to duct tape my mouth shut <laughs> so I don't take us on another path. Andy, it's all you. What's number two? So we already talked about how important it is to really discuss the budget honestly at the beginning of any project and then create your detailed plan with your design professionals. Part of that is the second point I want to say, which is establishing your non-negotiables. So in this discussion, you really do need to prioritize what you have to have mm-hmm. in your project. That's very important. So things like flooring? Yes, to an extent, a physical structure is yeah. important, right? <laughs> but if you absolutely have to have real hardwood floors, mm-hmm. and that is a non-negotiable, yeah. then that is something that needs to be expressed in the beginning, right? Gold toilets? Yes. That's non- a non-negotiable. <laughs> if you have to have a steam shower in your master bathroom, those priorities need mm-hmm. to be expressed very early on. Right off the bat. Absolutely. So think of it in three columns, right? I must have this. It would be nice to have this. I don't really need this. Gotcha. Yeah. Therefore, your budget really does start to begin to shape around what you absolutely know you can't live without. And then the third point, we've kind of talked about that before, is just working with the right professionals. Right. It should have already been established, right? And that's that's really the importance of hiring them in the beginning to have those budget conversations and establish your level of investment. So you just need to be sure to hire your designers, your architects uh, first, especially because they are going to set the vision and create the narrative that tells your story and is very specific to you in your home or in your business. So you have to hire professionals, hire the right ones, and then once you have, you really have to be realistic about the cost at each stage. This is kind of the fourth point where as things are becoming concrete, mm-hmm. um, it's really helpful to break it down into what each stage costs and look at where your investment lies. Because there are certain elements, labor, infrastructure, the cost of materials we sure. can't touch. and. Asterix, to your point earlier, Dan, 2021, 2020, how long? Two years we've been in this pandemic. It has wreaked havoc on the global supply chain and the domestic supply chains. Well, I can imagine budgeting is going to be really tricky in that sense right now. In general, Haley, it's 30% more than it was two years ago to build anything and as we know, renovations are always more expensive than mm-hmm. new builds because of the confines of renovating existing structures sure. versus yeah. building new. Again, it's more difficult. It's even more expensive. Wow. So we're also in a we're in a depressed labor market in West Michigan. We do not have enough highly skilled tradespeople mm-hmm. to execute what we need. Painters, wall covering installers, right. carpenters really good trim carpenters, plumbers, electricians, mechanics, um, all of the trades are seeing a real pain yeah, for they're not being having enough people. Thin. And on the supply side, there are not enough workers in factories. There are not enough people who are 
carpenters, upholsterers, finishers. It's just a massive shortage. And combining that with the issues with international shipping, mm-hmm. like, don't even get me started. I'm, <laughs> I've, I've, I've long had a rule that I won't specify anything that's imported unless <laughs> it's absolutely critical to the mm-hmm. project because it's so much easier to be a locavore. We yeah. have we have everything we need, including custom furniture and custom everything right at our fingertips. We're very lucky in Grand Rapids. Yes. Yeah. And this is even if you expand it just to the Midwest within a four hour drive. We have Chicago and Detroit. And those are huge hubs of right. trade and industry. So we really don't have to import many things for the construction industry. But as we've seen, like with automobiles, sometimes you're not going to get a high-end appliance right now from mm-hmm. any any short amount. Of, I mean, six months lead times for wow. for items that need computer chips. Yeah, so we recommend not letting your Very. oven or any of those appliances <laughs> go out yeah. unless you've already ordered a new one <laughs> so that's on the way. We're in the studio with Andy Yates for Andy Yates Design talking about how to budget for a project. And we just went through some of the complications that have erupted across the board in 2022 because of supply chain difficulties, on and on and on. Andy, what's the next point that you've got? The next point on this list is uh, something that I mentioned earlier, to choose the finishes before breaking ground. And again, this is really important to go back to having a detailed plan. Um, You can really only budget for what you're actually buying. And it is at a minimum very critical. Choose your flooring, like floors, walls, ceilings, right? Yeah. Think about it. Floors, walls, ceilings, you have those three major ones in every room because it's not the same everywhere. Carpet in bedrooms, hardwood in public spaces, tile in wet spaces, maybe your wall tiles in your bathroom, your paints, your wallpaper. Choose your architectural millwork, right? Really make those selections and lock them in in the beginning so that we can price what they actually are. Also, if you're buying thousands of square feet of these finishes, knowing that right now prices fluctuate literally daily. Right. Um, I was just listening to uh, Bew White, who's the CEO of Summer Classics, and he is discussing how in his new memoir, um, you know, he's recently seen things change price while they're on a freighter oh my on the ocean that he has paid thousands of dollars to ship millions of dollars of inventory to the states and in the middle of the shipment he gets an invoice that's an increase oh, for what he gosh. paid and they're like well you have to pay it now it's it's crazy how yeah. do you work around that so i've i see and speaking of you know, choosing your finishes and locking i'm saying lock in those prices mm-hmm. because i see vendors who are having to unfortunately eat those costs which then only seeps into having to increase costs for other clients um, I see vendors who are gently trying to price with enough of a margin so that they're not hit with a huge bill in the future. Like a buffer zone. <laughs> yeah. And it's again, it's so difficult right now to predict what's going to happen. Yeah. But that's, again, right back to where working with a professional, somebody who does this. I mean, the stuff you're talking about are, are things Literally, that I haven't even thought about. No homeowner should have to. No homeowner should ever. the The right way for you to even hear about something like this is mm-hmm. to not know about it. Yeah, 
<laughs> I like that. I, I would never. I would never personally come back to my client and ask for more money. I don't think that's ethically correct. I also don't feel it's ethically correct for a company to charge you more for something than what you agreed to pay. Right. But that's my battle to fight yeah. on behalf of well, my and client. And that's what I guess I'm getting it's not at. Theirs. I can't even imagine. I've, I'm busy trying to figure out which green I want. That's about the limit of where I'm willing to go. I don't want to be dealing with this other stuff because no. I can't even handle the little one. Oh, it's it's 10% creativity, maybe 15 or 20 on a really good project, and and 80 to 90% logistics and yeah. management. So what's next? So we just discussed making sure you choose all your finishes, right? Especially because now you need to lock in that inventory and lock in that price. Even if it's a year away, storing your items mm-hmm. in climate-controlled storage for a year for, I don't know, a thousand bucks might save you thousands of dollars. This yeah. is why you hire a professional. They're going to walk you through how to navigate the 2022 shipping and inventory crisis that we're experiencing now. Uh, my next point, too, speaking of crises, is to avoid that may-as-well quicksand. So, oftentimes, if you don't have a rigid plan and you're not having a professional guide you through the process, it's mm-hmm. very easy to lose control of your budget. So, we call that the, well, might-as-well, right? Might as well. Yeah. Oh, we didn't think we were going to go that high-end on our appliances and our kitchen stone, but we did. So we might as well go that high end in the master bathroom. Yeah, we, we need like might. a taskmaster. <laughs> it it is budgets always fluctuate and they can creep and it's important to build it in contingency. But that's a really great way to lose control mm-hmm. of your investment, and it's also unfortunately a way that somebody might see that you're willing to spend more money and take advantage. Again, sure. especially if you don't have an expert advocating for you, it can get. Tricky. Oh, I've seen so many people spend way more money than they planned on a new build because of exactly that. You know, and a lot of times what happened is, well, this addition, whatever we're going to add, you know, whatever we're going to upgrade, it's only this much money. On the grand scheme of things, it's only that. So, yeah, we might as well. And then the next one comes up. Well, that's only this much money. Okay, we'll do that. Yeah. And by the time you're done, you realize all those little. What seems to be little right. chunks of money have added up to huge amounts, and the budget's way blown. Absolutely. And there's a, a breakdown of planning and communication when that happens, because if you have the investment to make, and at the end of the day, you're comfortable making it, even though you doubled your budget, mm-hmm. then you were really at that budget in the beginning. Sure. And for whatever reason, you weren't comfortable discussing it. Uh, you know, and within a marriage, that can be a difficult challenge. Mm-hmm. So if you don't have that open, honest communication about money with your partner, and that seeps into your project, it's going to create more problems. So, again, avoid that may as well quicksand. But also on the flip side, don't be a perfectionist. And that's the next point I'd like to reiterate. Like, it can be a fun, interesting, creative process, but you really have to be realistic about where. You need to obsess over a detail. Again, setting your non-negotiables at the beginning, hiring the right professionals. It's really important to get as high a quality product as you can for your investment because these are like large investments. This is a lot of money we're dealing with. But it's also really important to understand that sometimes to be obsessive is more wasteful and can actually cause more problems. It's sometimes easier to just namaste 
Mm-hmm. Learn to let it go, right? Yeah. And and you know, again, I guess they say don't sweat the small stuff. That was an extremely popular book for a reason. It's true. And the last point I would like to make about budgeting is probably the most important point, and it's something that we've touched on the entire conversation, which is just keep the lines of communication open. I try, I think, with success to talk to all of my clients. This is what happened this week. This is what I'm hoping to happen next week. Even if it's where I am now with clients as we wait for our furniture Mm -hmm. (laughs) to arrive. And again, pieces are trickling in and we're waiting for some things to be fabricated. We fall into the lull, right? There's We're meeting a lot in the beginning. We're talking almost daily. Everything gets situated. It's all ordered. We're ready to go. Samples come in. They're great. And then you kind of fall off (laughs) because now we're in that area. It's still important for me to say, hey, just so you know, everything's on schedule. We're still at this target date. Um, Those are all the updates I have. If you're not really communicating and checking in often with your team, something feels amiss. All good advice. Andy, if our listeners have questions, want to dig into more of this, what's the best way for them to get in touch? I can be found at andyatesdesign.com on the internet. Also on Instagram and Twitter at <laughs> at Andy Yates Design. And if anyone wants to uh, reach out to me through any of those platforms, I'm happy to help. All right. We'll put links in the show notes. Andy Yates, thanks for hanging with us today. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Haley. It's been great. Well, Haley, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're talking about something ridiculous that you purchased. Of course, it's ridiculous to you. No, it's the best. (laughs) It's a little bizarre, though, don't you think? Sure. It's called a Lomi. What's it going to do? Be your best friend. Be your best friend. We're going to tell you about your new best friend when we come back. Stay tuned. If you want to take your DIY skills up a rung, the Repco Light Home Improvement Show is here to give you a boost on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. Well, Haley, our new best friend, you ended last segment talking about how you found your new best friend. Your <laughs> Sorry, husband's Amber. weeping outside yeah. in a shed, and your friend Amber, well, she's just finding out now. <laughs> Sure, Amber, you'll find somebody else who can be your best friend. Haley has replaced both of you with an appliance, with Lomi. What in the world is Lomi? No, it's just Why is it better than your family? I don't think it's better than my family, but I think it's something that everyone could benefit from. Okay. That's the bottom line. Uh, I found out about it from someone at our Fulton Street store, Myra. She's the color consultant there, and she's an avid gardener. Has a ton of plants in the store. If you've ever been to the Fulton Street store, you know how many plants are in there. It's loaded. She is a plant lady. And she also has composted before. It's something that we've talked about on the show, composting, the process of that. Just the big bin outside. Exactly. And flipping it over, putting your yard waste in, your food scraps, all of that. A lot of work. And you have to balance all of that. There's a lot of science involved. A lot involved of stuff involved. In Myra that tried kind of that. composting. And she did try Didn't that. Like it. It's a lot of upkeep. She wasn't able to keep up with it. And she saw an ad for Lomi, and she bought one, and it's a counter composter. So it's so this an inside thing, little machine that sits on your counter, and I would say it's probably about the size of like a really large crockpot or a microwave. You know, it's not okay, small. It's not small, right? But what you're doing is throwing your food scraps into Lomi, and you probably fill it up about seventy-five percent full. So about three quarts of food waste, you know, coffee grounds, vegetable peeling, 
you know, meat oh. scraps, all, all of it can go in there. Okay. And that's some of the stuff that can't go in your compost bin outside. You can't put dairy and meat in your compost bin that you're putting in the yard because it's attracting animals. So you're actually getting to use more of your food scraps for compost with a loamy. Okay. So you throw all this into loamy and let it sit for a while, right? Because it, yep. it takes a while to fill it up. You build it up. I would say it takes me like three or four days to get it's 75% full when I'm going to start running it. And at that point, what I'm doing is throwing a little um, probiotic pill inside. You put a couple drops of water on top of it. Oh, so a little bit of water. Yep. And that activates it, right? Yep. You kind of start to see it bubbling and, you know, it's doing its thing. But that's got all of those microbes in it that's going to help break the stuff down really quickly because what it's doing once you turn it on is it's heating everything up to a certain temperature. So again, that decomposition can start a lot faster. And then it's grinding it and aerating it. So in three hours or in 24 hours, if you want to keep more of those microbes in it so it's better fertilizer, you've got usable compost. So the longer you let it go, the The better better. fertilizer it is. Okay, so it's grinding all of this stuff up. It's on my counter. I'm trying to watch my favorite show. How loud is it? Is uh, it not too bad? It's louder than I thought it was going to be, honestly. They described it as like a doll hum, like a refrigerator. Like, it's not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is it like that? Yeah, that's pretty close, actually. Mm-hmm. But that's definitely louder than a fridge. It's probably obnoxious, too. Yeah, I so, can't really deal with any sound if it's going to be constant for that length of time. Yeah, I can get that. Yeah. That'd get annoying fast. Yeah. But maybe, you know, like if I turned it on before I went to bed, I'm not going to hear it from the bedroom. Right. That's probably pleasant to fall asleep to. <laughs> right? I'd just drift right off. So, so that's I a big might downside. put it in the basement because uh, I'm just not a person that can deal with sounds very well. Well, wait a minute. So your new best friend is just too loud for you. And so you're moving your new best friend familiar, to the basement. <laughs> <laughs> this has happened to me all the time, everywhere I go. Yeah. People yeah. like me initially, and then they realize the I noise. I can appreciate it from a distance. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So you're loving Lomi from a distance. Yes. Is there a smell problem? No. I mean, that's the other amazing part. Even though I'm throwing everything from coffee grounds to fruit to meat into Lomi, there is not any odor that I'm getting off of this compost machine as it's making compost, which is really incredible. It's got two little compartments that you're putting uh, these charcoal pellets into, and those are absorbing all of that stink. Um, So it does a really good job at that. All right. All right. So Lomi, I'm curious about how expensive it is. Is it ridiculous or is it? I think you're going to think it's ridiculous. Okay. It's $500. Yep. Yep, yeah. I don't even have to think about that. But for me, that's such a, a it's a small investment in my eyes because okay. it's something that's really productive. I'm utilizing all of my waste. I'm cutting down my trash dramatically by using this because any of my food scraps is just going into this. Now my trash consists mostly of recycling, and that's also something that can, you know, yeah, be disposed of responsibly. So, and then you've got all this compost that you're using in your exactly. What, it's your just fertilizer, so I'm actually... saving money on that too. I mean, I think that there's an argument that the cost over time balances out. Well, I think it's a matter of what's important to you and what's yeah. your interest and in, in all of that. I've got things that I'm sure you think are stupid that I bought. Don't don't answer <laughs> that question. 
but it's not for everybody. But it is something really interesting. We're going to put links in the show notes so you can check it out. Lomi, Haley approved and guaranteed to be your new best friend. All right, that's all the time we've got. We're going to wrap it up. If you want to catch this one again, you can find it online at repcolite.com. Whatever you do today, make sure paint's a part of it. The Repcolite and Port City Paint Stores are open until 3, waiting to help. I'm Dan Hansen. And I'm Haley Johnson. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.